coming up in this episode of Not So Secret Dad's Business. A couple of things that I found interesting were that when I started talking to people, just people who would ask, hey, how you doing? How's the baby and all of that stuff? And I would start to open up and say, I am having a tough time. Most of the reactions that I got were kind of like a suck it up buttercup. Like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. This is this is what you're supposed to go through. It's not a big deal. It'll get better eventually. Don't sweat it. It's okay. And that bothered me, bro. Are you new to fatherhood? Not sure if you're dadding to your full potential? Well, you've come to the right place. Most dads aren't talking to each other about their lives as dads. Like it's some kind of secret. Well, this is the podcast that takes the secret out of fatherhood. This is Not-So-Secret Dad's Business. G'day, g'day, and welcome to another episode of Not-So-Secret Dad's Business. After seven months, we're finally back, baby. Thank you for your patience, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again and, and joining me for a new journey that this, this podcast is going to take us on. I do apologize about the extended break on the podcast. I had the boat rocked up a little bit in my dad life and I had to take care of some stuff there, which then led me to have to uh, look into my own personal growth and uh, fixing some issues in my my marriage and, you know, my personal life overall. So time got away from me there, but we're back now. And uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you guys all some brand new content. Which leads me into this week's episode. My guest is the great Kelly Jean-Philippe from the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast. In this episode, I sat down with Kelly and we had a bit of a chat about how his life has been going since we last spoke. How he's been transitioning into a two-child family, uh, now that he's had a new addition to the family. We also discuss a little bit about how we need to uh, touch base with, with each other as men a little more often. And we also talk about having to make the tough decision of getting a vasectomy. This one was awesome to record with Kelly. I love catching up with this guy. And I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Kelly, my man, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Listen, before we even get started, let me just say how excited I am that you're back doing this. Like when you reached out and you were like, hey, this thing is starting up again. I was like, bro, yes. Thank you for bringing it back. So happy to be back, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. There was a whole heap of stuff that was going on there. Like, um, I think I mentioned it on on your show, the last appearance that I did where, uh, you know, Eli's biological father popped up. That threw me into a massive tailspin. Yeah. I didn't know where we were at, whether we, you know, what I could talk about, about my dad life and, and that sort of thing. We were talking to lawyers and child psychologists and trying to work out the best way to handle things for, for Eli and our family. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
you know, I had some technical issues as well on the back end as well. And uh, so I had this, I have this impending doom, right? When it seems like a massive job mm. that I tend to procrastinate and I put it off and I put it off and that, that impending doom in me rises and rises. So I finally pulled my finger out to fix everything within an hour. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I waited all this time and now I've got it fixed like that, you know? So, yeah, and that straight away put a rocket up me, man. It was like, yes, not so secret dad's business is back, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm excited, dude. I'm really excited. So what's been going on with you, man? There's been there's been heaps happening, man. You've got a new addition to the family and fill us in. What's happening, bro? Yeah, man. So since we last chatted um, on your platform, I have another baby boy that was born February of this year, 2023. His name is Eden. He just turned uh, eight weeks. So, wow, two months. Holy crap. <laughs> He's two months old and um, it's been a whirlwind to say the least. You know what I mean? Um, the first, I want to say month and change were really difficult. And the adjustment with having a toddler and a newborn is not for the faint of heart. Um, so there's been all sorts of ups and downs and there's been all sorts of issues that has arised uh, for me uh, personally. But right now we're at a place where things have calmed down significantly. Um, Julius Camillo is an amazing big brother to Eden. So dealing with his adjustment of having a little brother and all of that stuff. So it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind, man. It's been, it's been a whirlwind. So that's what's been going on on the family side. As you know, the podcast has been running and it's been going great, been making great connections, uh, venturing into new topics of discussion, um, thinking about creating uh, content that, you know, I'm planning to like do big things with. So a lot has been happening all at once. Uh, a lot of transitions happening all at the same time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Look, one thing I I noticed uh, recently as well with your podcast is just such a minor change, but it jumped out at me and slapped me in the face, right? And I, I don't know. I think I might miss it, but you you changed up your intro, man. Yeah. So there's no more. This is the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast. You know, I am your host. My name is Kelly, and I'm here to remind you, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, as dads, we're, we're just, just like moms, except we're dads. <laughs> but I mean, it's a nice touch, man. Where you you're now introducing your guest and and putting that into your intro, and and the way you've laid it out is beautiful, man. What's been prompting the changes in your your podcast? Yeah, so the change came as a result of where I'm at in life right now. So I have to say I attribute that perspective, that desire to change to my son, Eden, because now that so let me back up and just give you the fuller scope of what's been going on and trying to get to Eden after Juki, my wife and I experienced two miscarriages. And in between getting our 
children, it's four in total, Mm -hmm. right? So Eden sort of marked the punctuation mark of we're no longer trying to grow our family. So that was like a really uh, serene moment where once that realization settled in, I felt like, okay, now I can start processing what that journey has been like since the beginning, now that we're at the end. And as a result of all of that processing, I started to realize very quickly that there's some work that I want to do in the space of helping men have a space or creating a space for men and fathers who have gone through the same experiences as me um, to connect and to be able to process and education. So, So that's where a lot of my focus is geared to now. And as a result of that, I'm like, I want to start talking with people um, who would not just bring value to the podcast, but who are like experts in, in the field that I am seeking to talk to them in. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel right for me to have that desire and then for them to have their name attached to my podcast. And then that would be the intro if they wanted to use that for, you know, their own purposes. So I was like, okay, we've upgraded now. We're a dad of two. Let's upgrade the feel of the podcast. So that's something that uh, I thought about for a while. And I started doing some research into how to, how to, if I want to take this podcast more seriously, then I need to present it in a more serious way without losing the essence of who I am. Mm-hmm. So here, let me just go ahead and and think about how to recreate the intro. And I settled on what it is now, which is just introducing myself and then giving a blurb about who it is we're going to talk to, introducing the, the guest, uh, having like a small clip of uh, part of our conversation, and then just jumping, you know, right into it. So that's been one of the changes. Even the the audiograms that I release have also changed. So just aesthetically trying to clean things up a little bit because I, I'm at a point right now where my vision for the podcast and, and the avenues that I want to explore are becoming a lot clearer. And I just want to make sure that I don't lose people who would have heard my old intro and been like, "Mm, I can't take this as seriously as I want people to eventually take the platform. Yeah. I hear you, man. I feel you too. I mean, you and I are are really like working the same mission here. And I feel like, let me put this into a football idea here. Right. I feel like, man, I've been fumbling the ball, right? Mm. I, I know what the game is but I just keep fumbling. It's like I've got butter all over my hands. I can't get a grip of it. Yet you, man, like you've been taking this thing called podcasting and turning it into something really awesome. You've got the blog going. You've been putting out your your, your short form social media content, your videos and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're switching up the intro. Like you've just picked up that pigskin, man. You've tucked it under your arm and you've just been running for the end zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, because part of it, man, the, the, the driving force behind all of this is that 
I want to turn this into what I do. Like I want to leave my nine to five eventually and focus my attention in this space and the doors that I've knocked on that have been open for me. Like I want to enter into those arenas and really be a major contributor in them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking towards the future and I just feel like I need to make small changes that, like I said earlier, I'm still being true to myself, but also setting myself up for success once the opportunity gets there. Absolutely, man. I love what you're doing. I love how you're doing it. And I wish I could ride your coattails in a way, man. Like I've, I think my biggest issue personally is I've got a bit of like a, an imposter syndrome. Like mm. why would anybody listen to me? I'm not an authority on this. You know what I mean? There are so many dads out there that think they know what they're doing. So why yeah. should they be listening to me? Yeah. And um, it, it seems, man, that you've not had that issue. I mean, maybe oh. you have, but. I listen to this day. I have that issue to this day. I have that issue. So at the beginning of this year, I saw something on LinkedIn that said something to the effect of um, I'm scared but I'm going to do it scared anyway. And I've really kind of taken that and okay, I'm going to run with this. So how this applies is I still have these internal voices that are like, listen, dude, what you're doing, like you think the message that you're putting out there is something that people want to hear, but look at all of the struggles that you're getting and connecting with people to have that level of conversation with you. Like, it's just not happening. Mm. I had an ad on Instagram running for like two months looking for dads who had gone through miscarriages to come and talk to me and what have you. And I was, bro, I was thinking that, listen, I'm going to get at least half a dozen, at least a dozen. I only got like two or three people who responded to the ad. And another like one or two who reached out to me personally, you know what I mean? And I was like, man, Kel, you like you spent money on this and the return didn't pay out really. So I still have all sorts of doubt, bro. But to take this little post that I saw on LinkedIn to heart, I'm like, in spite of that. I'm still going to go through with this as if I were like crushing the game, because if I don't do it, then nobody's going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I've invested too much into this. I care about this too much for me to just not grow my attitude about it and not let that attitude evolve. Yep. I, I hear you, man. And I mean, look, I think either way, that ad still paid off dividends because you did end up making almost like a mini series just yeah, on yeah. on that topic there and uh the the information that came out of that man was life-changing for a lot of people i'm sure uh i've not had that experience myself so i can't put myself in your shoes brother but yeah. i can only imagine how helpful that is for dads because from what I'm hearing, what you've just said, with that ad, you were thinking, yeah, I'll get half a dozen, maybe a dozen hits. And you didn't. 
But that's obviously because dads are scared, man. They they don't know how to navigate it because they're trying to work it out for themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And so, still doing that mini series that you've done and your series of blogs on the on the topic of miscarriage as well. I think just having that there as a resource for dads, just to check out. I think, man, it's just awesome. I appreciate that. So moving forward a little bit, man. Obviously, having uh, Julius Camillo, he's a he's a toddler now. He's what three? Yeah, three he's about half? to be three in May. Three in May, yeah. So you've you've really settled into the dad life there. But then, of course, having Eden come along, that's probably taken the jar and shaken up all the the, the fireflies. Tell Absolutely. me how that's been for you, man. So. I had a friend tell me before Eden was born, she said, you think you know something about parenting? Take that, whatever it is you think you know, and just throw it out the window once Eden gets here, because it's going to be a totally different ballgame. And I appreciated her telling me that because it at least gave me a sense of comfort in knowing that. I'm not going to, or I shouldn't necessarily rely on what I know about parenting Juki. Like I need to be open to the possibility that things are going to be 100% different, right? So Eden gets here and he set me and my wife up, bro. Like he set us up because the first night he was born or after he was born, my man slept the whole night. I mean, not a peep. He slept the whole night, the following night until today, it's been downhill from there. I mean, homie doesn't sleep. So because he doesn't sleep, that means we're not sleeping. And there's a bit of regression that happened once we brought him home with Juki, because now he's having to adjust to having another person who is taking up all of the time that he would normally have with mommy and daddy. Yeah. Which meant then to counter that I had to spend a lot more intentional, intense time with him since my wife was, I mean, she's basically the milk lady for Eden. I mean, that's, that that's who she is. So being sleep deprived was one thing. Um, having to give so much more of my energy to my toddler while also being there to be like a gopher to my wife or for my wife, cause she had a C-section. So she couldn't do a lot of things. I mean, it was really a lot of intense stuff happening at the same time while also trying to bond with my newborn. Cause that's the reason why I took off from work. So I could bond with my newborn. And when I tell you, Nate, it was tough, bro. It was tough. Like I'm not, there's no sugarcoating it. It was tough. And parts of it are still tough. A couple of things that I found interesting were that when I started talking to people, just people who would ask, hey, how you doing? How's the baby? And all of that stuff. And I would start to open up and say, I am having a tough time. Most of the reactions that I got were kind of like a suck it up buttercup. Like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. This is this is what you're supposed to go through. 
It's not a big deal. It'll get better eventually. Don't sweat it. It's okay. And that bothered me, bro. Mm -hmm. Because on the one hand, we have this expectation for dads and men to, you know, talk about the struggles that we're going through as we're going through them. And I felt at that time that people weren't listening to me. They didn't necessarily care that I was going through a really tough time. It was like, that's none of my business, really. Like, what else did you expect? And on the one hand, yeah, what else did I expect? It was going to be hard. But on the other hand, it would have been so much more encouraging and so much more um, beneficial if the majority of people at least made me feel like what I was saying was valid, right? So there were very few people who validated what I had said to them when I spoke to them at the time. And so I was like, all right, man, I'm going to stop opening up to people and telling people that I'm having a tough time because clearly they don't care. But in the home, I am snappy with Juki. I'm snappy with my wife because I'm sleep deprived and I'm tired and I'm irritated and I'm all that. And one day I just came down to where I'm sitting at right now, which is my space. I got on my computer. I took out my insurance card and I called a number in the back of the insurance card. And I said, hey, I need you to hook me up with uh, a therapist because I need help. And if I don't get this help, I am going to be very detrimental to my son. I'm going to be very detrimental to my wife. I'm not going to be as healthy a person as I possibly can. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So I initiated a uh, relationship with, uh, with my therapist and it's been going on for a little over a month now. And it's been really helpful. I mean, we're still in the beginning stages of it, but I didn't even go through the whole thing of trying to find the right match. I just needed someone who would listen. And so the first number I called and the person picked up and we set up a meeting and she's the person that I've been sticking with this whole time until I get a sense. If I ever get a sense that she's not the right person to stick with, she's listening to me, bro. Like that's, that's, that's all I care about. So that's been my experience for the most part, just, I'm just, just, not shying away from how difficult it has been, mm -hmm. acknowledging how difficult it has been, telling people, those who are willing to listen, that it's been difficult, while also enjoying the pockets of moments where it's all fallen in place perfectly, where Juki is fine, Eden is fine, my wife is fine, I'm fine. We're enjoying each other's company as a family. We're growing, we're doing things. But you know, we're still, we're still sleep deprived, man. Before I came down here, Eden was, he took like a 20 minute nap and then he woke up and now my wife is dealing with him right now. So by the time we finish here, he'll probably be asleep. And then as soon as I get upstairs, he'll most likely wake up again. And then I'll just be up until whenever. Far out, man. Look, firstly, I'm so glad you actually went out and seeked help. You know, the fact that you took the initiative to go and do that is awesome. Cause again, as we both know, a lot of guys won't do that. Yeah. 
secondly, on my my part, I apologize, man. Like I told you, you know, I asked you, how you going, man? And you're like, I'm having a hard time. And I'm like, well, I'm always here, man. Just jump in my DMs, you know. And I didn't follow up on that. I figured, again, a, a typical guy mentality. I've put that out there. If you need me, jump in my DMs, right? Mm. But mm. I never followed up on that to go, hey, look, do you need to talk? And I know there's not a whole heap I can do. I'm on, I'm on the other side of the planet, man. Yeah. So it's not like I can just come around for coffee or anything like that. But when I when I said, just if you need to talk, get in my DMs, like I meant that, you know. But hearing what you've just said, I've, I, I kind of feel like I dropped the ball as well. Those damn fucking butterfingers, man. Like I just... <laughs> I, I didn't think to to step back up and go, hey man, like, do you need to talk? How are you doing? What's going on with you? Like, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, and there's really no need for you to apologize. Although I appreciate it, because what what's what I like about what's happening here is acknowledging that it's for both of us that it's not just enough to offer the person who is going through something, the opportunity to reach out to you if they want to. To your point, there is an extra mile to go or an extra mile or two to go and be intentional on the part of the person who does the offering because I've done the same thing. I've offered people, you know, hey, especially people who are coming into parenthood, into fatherhood. And I'm like, hey, listen, it, it can be tough. I'm pretty sure you have, you know, people around you who you love and they they love you and you respect their opinions and they'll support you in the event that you need extra support. I'm also here. And then I don't reach out again. Mm. Right. And so if that person is going through something, I won't know because I didn't take that extra step for them also. Exactly. So, yeah. You saying that is making me recall a number of guys that I've said that to. And now I need to hit them up and apologize to them for not taking that extra step. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's something we've got to do. I think as men, we've got to stop and, and think, fuck man, like I've got to reach out more. Cause again, like, I don't know. You'll, you'll have experienced this as well like in your own mind where you've had that where, oh, okay, look, man, there's the offer. You need me. Fucking hit me up. Yeah. But then you you do, you're, you're in that moment. You're like, man, I think I should message them. No, I don't want to bother them with my problems. Mm-hmm. And so then you just keep it to yourself. Sometimes it kind of feels like that offer from somebody else is somewhat disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I think that's the correct word. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, it it sometimes feels like that offer of of like, hey, come hit me up if you ever need me. It's it's almost like a, it's just a script. It's, yeah. it's a regurgitation of like, hey, man, and and so you really don't take it up seriously. I think you go yeah. look. They offered, but. I'm sure they don't have the time to deal with my shit right now. So yeah. I'll just pull up my, my big boy socks and I'll just keep moving forward the best I can. Yeah. And the other part of the, of this too, Nate, is that for the person like myself who was going through, you know, this really difficult moment, 
there's something that happens in the mind that it just naturally ice made me feel isolated from everybody else. So even, even though I knew the invitation, not just from you, but from other guys who had reached out and said the same thing, Hey, if you need to talk, hit me up, you know, like those were out there, but in the thick of what I was going through, like I wasn't actively thinking about, oh man, Nate did hit me up and tell me this, or this person did tell me that. It was, it just felt so isolating. And part of that isolation was self-made as a result of the lack of sleep and, you know, the irritation, all of the transitions, like the mental capacity to tap into these resources that were there, it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. So that whole period is so complex and is so complicated and convoluted. And it's such a blur. It can be at least that, you know, intentionality on both parts. I'm not going to say one more than the other, but if I had to, I'll definitely say, you know, true to what we just expressed. If I'm the person who made the offer to want to support the person, a little more intentionality from that part towards the person who's going through the situation, I think could really go a long way. Even if the person doesn't at the moment, you know, open up and say what they're struggling with, but at least it will start to plant seeds like, okay, this person is at least checking in, right? And that's something that we can offer to each other as men and fathers, regardless of having a newborn, whatever the situation is. It's like, I just want to, I just want you to know that I'm here and I'm going to be here until you tell me I don't need to be here anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're totally right. Just having those follow-ups to to make a fresh in the mind that, hey, like, I'm still here in your corner, bro. Like, you know, I'm your cut man. Life's going to beat you up, but I'm here to yeah. stitch you up, right, man. Like, you know, I, I, I do think that's important. Another thing I wanted to ask you about all this massive transition, man, and I mean, yeah. it's moving away from, from us as dads, but how has Julius Camillo been going, like adapting to the role of being a big brother, man? Like how's, how's he coping? Yeah, he, he started having a, a better time of late. So we've tried every trick in the book and all of it has produced some good. And there's been some challenges even in every technique that we've tried, right? So there's the sense of, including him in the care of Eden. So we're changing the diapers and it's like, Hey buddy, can you go get mommy or daddy a diaper? Can you get a, uh, can you get some wipes? You know, can you do this? Can you do that? And willingly he, he just does it. Um, now when his brother cries, you know, he goes up to him and is like, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to be okay. So he, you know, he starts soothing him. Um, if I put a, a passy in Eden's mouth, he's like, no, daddy, l- let him cry because I've been telling him it's okay for him to cry. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, hey, no, hey, dad, let him cry. So 
all of that has been cool. There are the times when Eden just doesn't let my wife and I sleep at night. And then in the morning, Juki wakes up and he is just ready to start his day. And my wife and I have barely gotten any sleep. And he can't understand how come we just went through an entire night and we're still tired when he woke up with so much energy. So then we end up saying, hey, you know, we can't do this now. And instead of being inviting and like, it's just like, hey, buddy, everything is a no, no, no. So then obviously that frustrates him. Um, but there are ebbs and flows in his transition. I'm going to say that for the most part, I consider myself quite lucky in that I had an image of how horrible things might have gone. It hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be based on my mental image. Two months in, and I think there has been more positive outcomes than negative outcomes. Like there's been more positive times than negative times, which is a testament to how resilient he is how adaptable he is, how willing to co collaborate with us in, in loving his brother he is. Um, you know, he still wants us to, me in particular, to pick him up and, you know, carry him and stuff like that. So what we've started doing is when, when Juki was born, I sang a song to him that's like our song. When Eden was born, at the moment, I didn't sing a song to him, but like a day or two later, a song came to me. And so that became our song. And one day I was playing, I was holding Eden and then I was playing uh, our song together is By Your Side by Sade. And I'm dancing with Eden. And uh, Juki was like, is that is is that a song for me? And I said, well, well no, buddy, this is a song that daddy... Uh, has for Eden. And then I said to him, you know, when you were born, I had a song for you. So he, he was like, can you play that song? And I was like, yeah, I play it. So can you pick me up so we could dance to it? Yeah. Let's, I'll pick you up so we could dance to it. Since that day, that's been like a month and a half now, almost every day I have to play that song for me and Juki, pick him up so we can dance to it. And that song is you'll be in my heart not the Phil Collins version, but the Usher remix. Ah, yes. And in my opinion, better than the original. And I'll fight anybody who thinks otherwise. But uh, so, you know, in, in doing those things, just kind of creating this sense of, I am not more Eden's dad than I am your dad. I am both of your dads. And I love both of you as much um one is not more important than the other it's just sometimes daddy wants to carry eden and when i'm carrying eden i can't carry you at the same time although i have carried both of them at the same time at times just to you know help him understand that i'm not choosing favorites so all that to say man he's He's had his ups and downs and he continues to have his ups and downs, but there are more ups than downs, quite honestly. 
That's awesome. And I think that having that moment where you put his song on for him as well, I think that, I mean, obviously that was a catalyst moment for, for Juki, right? And yeah. and it's it's just made him feel more included in the family, I guess. You know, I, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, my sister, I mean, I'm the oldest of five, man. So when my first little sister was born, I remember how I was feeling. I, I mean, I was two at the time, but as I was growing up, it was like, man, like, I used to be special because I was the baby, you know. I'm mm-hmm. not the baby anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I know how, how it feels from, from a kid's perspective because, like, you still want that attention from your parents and you can't yeah. get it because the baby needs the attention. You yeah. feel on the outside. So that moment right there, man, where, where you've played that song, it's I, I guess it's made it, like, solidified it in Juki's heart that dad still loves me. I'm not being replaced. It's just we are now a, a bigger unit, you know, yeah. as a family. We've, we, we've got a bigger team. We've got more players on the court, man. Yeah, and, dude. And we're absolutely. all together. Absolutely, man. If I can take this time to to highlight some of the things that have worked for me in terms of how we've been able to keep Juki feeling that he's still special, even though there's somebody else that might seem threatening, but he's really not. Every night now, I'm the one who puts him to sleep. And it's intentional so I can talk to him, review the day with him, ask him how he's feeling, talk about our feelings. And then we have this, our night routine. I love you. I'm proud of you. God bless you. Out of all the Jukies in the world, you are daddy's favorite Juki. And I kiss him seven times and then a whole bunch of other kisses and all of that stuff. But then that has also evolved to like, this really intimate moment where me and my son, we get to connect and in a unique way to our relationship, right? That's like a reminder of what life was like before his brother got there. Yeah. So creating that routine and maintaining that routine, even if I'm ticked off, even if I'm tired, because there's been nights where he has really ticked me off and I'm like, Hey, listen, dude, Daddy does not necessarily want to talk to you right now, but I'm going to sit here and we could talk anyway. I mean, just keeping it real with them. Right. But we're still spending that time together. Yep. And what I found fascinating is that sometimes I tell my wife, Hey, can you, can you like go put him to sleep? Cause I, I just need a little break. And she goes and then she comes back in the room and she says, He's expecting you to come in and talk to him. So creating that routine, whatever that routine is for for you, right? Like find something from the time before that new baby came in Mm. and then take that and bring it into your time now as an expanded family and dedicate that special thing, do that special thing with the firstborn just to communicate to them that hey ain't nothing changed there is no threat here yeah you're still special and for me that has gone a long long way dude that's a great idea 
yeah bringing in some of the old old routine into the new routine and and still making it a normal routine yeah yeah, yeah. see like i mean christine and i we've been talking about having a second child for a while now we've been you know looking through fertility treatment and all that sort of thing as well we haven't picked up on it again as of late but i mean I've been jokingly saying to Christine, like, I don't think I want a second one. Like, because mm. Eli has been so easy. Yeah. Like, I mean, this kid, yeah. most like most kids will come into your room at five or six in the morning as soon as they're awake. Mom, dad, like, hey, it's daylight. Like, let's start our day, you know. But Eli is the complete opposite. I came downstairs this morning. I slept in two hours longer than I normally would. And he's just sitting on the couch in front of the TV, but the TV's off. And I'm like, oh, I thought you'd be playing the Xbox or watching your cartoons or something, buddy. He goes, no, just been sitting quietly on the couch. I went, well, you're allowed to. He goes, no, I was just waiting for you to wake up so I could ask you if it was okay. And I'm like, man, like we've we drummed it into him, tried to drum it into him. Like, if you need mum or dad, you come get us. But he will not wake us. He <laughs> will not bother us. And so I said to Christine, man, if we have a second one, like we will never sleep. We won't have hair left because we'll pull it all out. Like Eli has given us too much of a good run that karma has to come and fuck that shit up. <laughs> Excuse my language, but I mean that's all I could that's the best way of saying it for me, I think, is that karma will come in, take that whole thing, turn it upside down and go, ha ha! Welcome to fatherhood, mate. And I have to yeah. relearn parenting all over again. So I'm like, yeah. look, I really, yeah. I really want to have a baby for, for Eli's sake. I want to give him a sibling. And he's been asking us for a baby sister. Yeah. So that's what we'd love to do. But I know for a fact that, man, we've been living on Easy Street for the last seven years. You know, he's coming up on seven in July. He's been the easiest kid I've ever met. And yeah, we have another one. It's just going to take that thing and just shake it up, man. Uh, uh, dude. Yes. Listen, having a second kid. And I'm only speaking from the perspective of going from one to two. I am fully aware that there are people who have three or whatever. But that transition going from one to two is a really tough transition, bro. Um, and, and in the throes of of my really difficult time in early on in the transition, I posted something on Instagram that I was like, Hey, I need y'all to give me your best advice on how to navigate this transition. And this guy that I connected with, I think he is in the UK. He wrote to me and he said, listen, I have seven boys Ooh. and I've been through this multiple times. Obviously he said, nothing has been as hard as the first time when I went through it. It was like nothing has been as hard than that first trans. Once you go through that transition once, the other ones, it seems like not that they get easier, but you're more equipped. Yeah. But that first transition, man, listen, it's not for the faint of heart. It is not for the faint of heart. 
No, well, I mean, we've got about 15 minutes left, so I think this is a good chance to actually touch on this as well, is that you're only planning on doing this transition once, aren't you, brother? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I got an appointment coming up to snip snip because I, that's it. We're not trying to grow our family anymore. You know, like I said, at the, at the top, we experienced multiple miscarriages and it's taken a toll mentally, physically, and emotionally, and all the other leads you could possibly think of. So yeah, dude, we're, we're done. We're done. I can only imagine, man. Like, yeah, you know, Christine and I have had negative pregnancy tests and had that moment to sit there and cry. But then to have that moment where you've got, you know, you've got a baby coming and then losing it. I can't, I can't fucking imagine, man. So I mean, it's sure. I mean, I, I guess it's not for everyone, but I mean, that's a decision that you've made that you, you've decided is good for your family. And I think that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. I've heard some horror stories, but I've also heard some good stories as well, you know. But I mean, I guess on the, on the upside as well, it means that you no, not, no longer need to keep the rubber johnnies in the bedside cabinet either. Like you can, you guys can enjoy your time. No consequences involved. None. None. Take that, throw all of it out because we know like, that's it. That is it. And, you know, obviously, like you said, it's a decision that every family has to make for themselves. Having that conversation with my wife and being on the same page, paramount, Mm. because we both felt after our fourth miscarriage, we could have stopped there and we could have said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're more than content with Juki. Like we're, we're just more than content. Yeah. But we both felt incomplete. Yep. And that's the word that we both kept coming to. And as a result of that, then we had more conversations that led us to try again. And we're so blessed to have gotten Eden. So after that, like we both went into it, understanding that even if, it resulted in a fifth miscarriage, then that was it. You know what I mean? So to be able to have that level of conversation with your spouse, with your partner, and understanding that whatever one's feeling is about what's going on, if, if there are people who have had five, six, seven miscarriages, and they still tried until... And that's like, if that's what you and your family decided to do, kudos to you. Yeah, man. Uh, For us, it was just like, nah, we're done. And it's such a huge load off our backs now that we're not even in that headspace to, you know, when are we going to try? And it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Yep, yep. So how how do you feel on a personal level? And I'm taking away family. I'm taking away these discussions you've had with your wife. I'm taking away everything else. This is purely Kelly Jean-Philippe right now. How do you feel about it? Because, I mean, like, every man protects, like, his jewels, right? That's that's. It's almost like a man's identity in a way. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I remember even back in the day, man, like, men would, refuse to have a vasectomy. It's like, no, if she doesn't want to have any more babies, she can have her tubes tied 
or she can do what she wants. Mm-hmm. And and I think that climate has changed now. Significantly. Obviously, I've I've heard a lot more dads now coming out saying, "Oh, we're done with babies. I'm getting I'm getting a snip." Yeah. But on a, on a on a personal level, how are you feeling with all of that, man? Dude, I that is something that I offer to my wife as like once we do this this is what i'm going to do like i volunteered myself for that because so to answer your question more directly like i feel completely at peace with it this is my own decision that i made um it was influenced by watching the toll that pregnancy took on my wife. Yeah. It was influenced by watching on two occasions, my wife having to be opened up so that we can receive our children. Right. And her body has been through a lot. The least I could do is to get a vasectomy and to, to, to even feel like I can step in the same arena as her, if you will, in light of everything that she put her body through so that I could call myself a father. You you know what I mean? Like that's man. I love it. That's, that's like, I don't know. That's, that's another level right there, man. That's, that's just love. I think. You know, the fact that you can you can recognize how much physical trauma she's been through just to give you two kids and then for you to go, well, you know what, now it's my turn to do this little bit. It doesn't compare to what you've been through, but you and know no what, shit. it's my, t- my turn to do this for you now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't have to do anything else to your, you don't have to do anything else. If, if I have in my realm of responsibility, if this is what I have to do, then it's, it's a no brainer for me. So that that's my thoughts and my attitude towards it, man. Kelly, man, that's, I just, I love the way you think. I love the, I love the way you look after your family. I love everything about you, man. Like you are an A1 person in my books, you know, like, dude. I appreciate that, bro. Well, look, we're gonna have to wrap this one up, big boy. But before we go, you got you got to plug the podcast, man. I mean, in my opinion, Welcome to Fatherhood is out there, man. It's it's up there. So so plug away, bro. So the podcast is called Welcome to Fatherhood. You can find it on every podcast platform available. Uh, you can check out the website uh, www dot welcome the number two fatherhood.com um you can see a picture of me and my family I, I need to update that picture now that eden is here but you can read about how i started the platform uh you can read some of the blog posts that are up there um you can get in contact with me there's all of that stuff there um it comes out every wednesday in the u.s at midnight so you'd have to do the math in australia to figure out what oh, we get it we get it tuesday it. afternoon here in australia okay tuesday afternoon so um yeah so it's it's wednesday mornings for me in the states it is a weekly podcast 
And uh, the other thing that I want to plug in is that as a result of my experiences with the miscarriage and all of that stuff, I've created a Facebook community for other men and fathers who have experienced a miscarriage, whether it's something that they've experienced recently, whether it's something that they experienced uh, within the past year or several years, whether it's something that they've experienced 10, 15 years from now. Uh, one of the common things that kept coming up in the with the few people that I spoke with is that while they were going through this thing and I, even after, they wished that they had a place to go to and connect with other dads who had gone through the same thing. Yep. And since that kept coming up as a space that was lacking, I finally decided to put together a Facebook community to welcome anyone who is willing to be a part of that community and connect and talk and be a resource for each other. So you can go on Facebook and look up Dads and Miscarriage uh, to join the community. I call it an unfortunate community because no man should be part of that community, but we don't live in in a utopia. And um, just the fact that one of us has gone through it is reason enough to put ourselves out there so that the next person who unfortunately goes through it knows that they're not alone and they can talk to someone and they can connect with someone who understands what they're going through, even if the circumstances are entirely different. So you can find that on Facebook, Dads and Miscarriage. Uh, and again, the podcast, Welcome to Fatherhood on every podcasting platform. Man, that's awesome. I love the work you're doing, man. You've got to keep it up. Keep it up. Like I Thank said, I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm tempted to ride your coattails, man, and just start tagging along on your adventures because the stuff you're doing is absolutely amazing. And I wish I had half the guts that you have to be able to be doing what you're doing, man. So... Yeah, keep it up, brother. I appreciate it, man. It was great talking to you again, man. I love our conversations. I love catching up with you. Looking Always. at your beautiful face, bro. I mean. You're the one with the fresh cut, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. I went and got a cut. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look good, bro. You look good. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hey, look, man. Thanks again for this chat, man. I love, I love connecting with you. And I will make sure in future, brother, I will follow up with you, all right? I won't just put that offer out there. I'll make sure I follow up with you in future. Hey, that's a commitment that we're both making, not just to each other, but anybody else that we reach out to for to offer support. And I, I would encourage any other man to, any other person who hears this, to also take that same step and be the one to follow up and not wait for the other person to follow up first. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Kelly. Have a good one, brother. Thank you, bro. Thanks for listening to the show. If you want to find out more about today's guest, just check out the links in the show notes. You can follow the podcast as well on social media at Not So Secret Dads Business or on our website, notsosecretdadsbusiness.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review the show. It helps more than you realize. Until next time, guys, be the best dad you can be.